everybody. I'm Bob. Here, smile. <laughs> Remember these cameras? Like the film costs more than drugs. Like, but, <laughs> but what happens is it looks a little milky to begin with, right? This is the idea of what following Christ is like. It's like you look through a mirror dimly, but then face to face. And if you're like me, I'm in a hurry, right? I want to do, how many of you are impatient? Raise your hand, hurry up. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I make coffee nervous. I'm like, ah! Uh, this is a, a screenshot of my mind. Like it just, this is what it looks like. Go ahead and put that up somewhere. Yeah, it's just all fireworks. It's just like constantly, 724, like Waffle House. Um, and following Jesus, sometimes we need to slow it down a little bit. And that's why we get together as a community. We want to just see what it is that God's developing inside of us. So we're not just distracted by what's happening around us. And God does his best work in community. Actually, if you don't like people, you could move to this place. It's called Buford, Wyoming. There's only one person living there. <laughs> and that guy's thinking about moving. It's just getting a little bit too crowded. But God will take a community of people like us and then he'll craft us. And all together, we make one really well-adjusted person. But it takes all of us. Every family has a nutty uncle and a lawyer in it. That would be me, both. Like, but others of you are just really serious, which is awesome. I'm so glad because you're dealing with hard things and difficult things. What I want us to know is, like, are we releasing what God has uniquely given us? Have we taken the things that he's uniquely put inside of us uh, and released them? Because he doesn't want you to be similar to somebody else. If you want to blow God's hairs back, be you. This wonderful creation that he's made. Now, I like being available. Uh, I wrote a book. Uh, this publisher called, uh, gosh, a long time ago, he said, will you write a book? I said, I don't know. Will you build a school? I'll trade you. One book for one school. And he said, well, tell me about the school. And I said, all right, 1,600 child soldiers in northern Uganda and 400 teachers. And he said, big school. I said, big book. <laughs> and I made him pay me in advance. I didn't know if it would stink. And, and on the last page of the book, there was a little bit of room. And I said, would it be okay if I put my cell phone number on the last page of the book? And he looked at me like I was on drugs. I'm like, well, now I have to. Like, not go on drugs. Put my cell phone number... <laughs> In the book, you guys, there's three million people that have my cell phone number. And I don't send people to voicemail. Don't call while I'm talking. I know who you are. But, but there's something about availability. It just reminds us of who we are. Think of Jesus. He's walking with a crowd of people. and Somebody pulls on his shirt and he says, who was that? Or, or, or a, a little guy in a sycamore tree says, lunch on you. He had time for everybody. And so what, I'm, uh, what God made first was time, and what I sometimes make the least of is time. Have you noticed that? Well, if you want to fix that, go get your cell phone number out there. Now, uh, that's not for everybody. I actually got a phone call that kind of startled me. I call up, and it was the Missoula, Montana Police Department. <laughs> they say, are you Mr. Goff? I'm like, maybe. 
And like, why are we talking? And he said, there's actually, there's been a drive-by shooting. I'm like, oh, heavens, what happened? He said, don't worry, everybody's okay. But the bullet hit the book they were holding. Uh, my bullets stop typos. Like, I just, I, my typos stop bullets. Like, in your face, Hemingway, it hit my book. Like, what? I didn't think. I thought I was just stringing some words together. It was actually better than Kevlar. What I want you to do is take whatever it is that you're good at and do a lot of that. And we only have a little bit of time to get this thing right. I brought this to illustrate it. Um, how, how long are you going to live? I know you don't know. It depends on the driver on the road. But what do you think? 80. Okay. I'm giving you 83. You're welcome. Um, but this ain't happening. <laughs> Sorry. Now, I'm 64. Is that crazy? I'm older than dirt. So this already happened. So you guys, this is what we've got. Like, and I eat Pop-Tarts. I love those things. And my question to you is, what are you going to do with what you have left? And this is where the words of Paul in the book of Hebrews come in. Hebrews 11, he, he describes what faith is. He said, faith is confidence in what you're hoping for and assurance in what you haven't seen. Let me ask you, what are you hoping for? And some of you could be like me in high school. I was just hoping for a date. <laughs> Never quite happened, but I had confidence in what I hadn't seen. Uh, I, I carried that confidence through college. <laughs> Still didn't see a date with a face like this. Who could imagine? And I'm in my second year of law school, and sweet Maria walks through the room. And guys, remember you see the girl of your dreams? You're like, yes, you will be mine. <laughs> she didn't want to have anything to do with me. <laughs> Just a little too jovial. Uh, I remember I, I had met her, and the next day, um, I, I knew her name. She didn't know mine, but I knew where she lived. And so I... <laughs> You're saying people skills. So, so I showed up at her house with one yard of, like, fuzzy fabric and some stuffing and some button eyes, and I said, let's make a teddy bear. <laughs> this is on day one of getting to know her. She's like, okay. <laughs> And so we make the arms and the ears and we sew it together. And she thought she was off when we stuffed this thing. And I pulled out of my back pocket some red velvet. And I said, let's make a heart for it. <laughs> She's like, okay, <laughs> officer. And, and we made the little heart. And I said, let's get our, uh, a lock of each of our hair and put, this is on day one for like Tigger. <laughs> And so we put our locks of hair and we put the heart in. She's like, did we just make a person? <laughs> this is what it looks like to be over the top. This is how God feels about you. He's just like this bigger and bigger thing. Revelations 2, it says this. For those of you that have been walking with Jesus for a while, he said, my problem with you is this. You forgot your first love. You remember the first time you touched knees with somebody you liked a lot on purpose? Remember, you're like, because ah! now you're a thing. <laughs> I want to have the DTR. Like, I want to get back to that thing to just say, me and Jesus are a thing. 
And the way that we do it is that God drops people in our lives. Well, Maria relented. She married me. She's, <laughs> I think she figured I'd be living underneath the house if she didn't. So, so we got married, and then uh, that we made three people, and they married three people, and they made three people, and so I'm now the pastor of a church of 11. And my... My goal in my, uh, is to find Jesus in this. Acts 1.1, Theophilus, lover of God. Look for many convincing proofs that Jesus is still alive. And you know what? I'll tell you, you are convincing proofs. And you just go like, well, like, I don't know, like how am I proof that Jesus is alive? And it's every selfless act of love is a declaration of faith. It's like you're just saying, I wouldn't be doing that uh, if it wasn't bubbling up from within, what we need to do is see Jesus in the room. And there's some pe pretty creepy people in this room. I'm just assessing, like, me too. We, we are, like, difficult and ornery. Can you guys relate to that? You ever get on edge? Me too. And it, so what, yet your loved ones, like they still tolerate you. I think this is idea that when we see Jesus in other people, we start seeing the way he sees people. He didn't say to Peter, like, you're such a wimp. What do you mean you don't know me, the rooster? He said, Peter, you're a rock. He saw who he's turning into. And it changed everything. When our kids were growing up, uh, we, we would get this thing out. Uh, I had this mirror. And they, I would get the mirror out. They're like, Dad, not the mirror. And like, sue me. So I would hold it up to Lindsay Goff. I'd say, you look right here, Lindsay. You're a woman of virtue. I've seen you love God. You are fearless. I've got a son, Richard, who's just, he's 6'10 and still growing. In another foot, it's going to be weird. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just say, Richard, you're a man of valor. I've seen you in tight spots. I've seen how you conduct yourself. I know you're a man of integrity. I've got a son named Adam who's just this flaming daredevil. Like he would just jump out of a building or he flies an open cockpit biplane upside down. <laughs> Even at 10, I'd say like, buddy, you won't see 30. Like, so... <laughs> And even though my kids thought that was so nutty that I did it, when they left for college, I got three mirrors. And I wasn't there on the second day uh, of class, but I bet you anything their roommate said, hey, what's up with the mirror? And can't you picture them pulling it down and say, you look right here. That, that's what we do. We show people who they're becoming. And we don't want to be a better version of ourselves. We want to be a more accurate reflection of Christ. And so the, the way that you do it isn't complicated. It's just seeing Jesus where he is in each other. And there's some people that are a little uptight, but it's the circumstances that are making them uptight. But to just take a genuine interest, go a little bit deeper. I have a friend who plays a bunch of music and he was gonna play in this arena. And I snuck back in beforehand just to say hi. And he and the band guys were in this room getting ready. And I knew all these guys, but there was a guy sitting at the end of the room that I, I didn't know. He's at the end of the table. And he had the most piercing brown eyes. He just it's <laughs> like kind of like yikes and so uh me and brown eyes were in the room i was talking to the friends in the band it was time for them to go out he just kept looking at me and i was like yikes so i'm 
we uh, go around some side thing. We're going to sneak in through a side door. And I walked out the door. Nobody thought anything. I sat down. This guy walks through the door. People lose their minds. This guy, he's an actor. His name is Jim Caviezel. And evidently, in the passion of Christ, he's Jesus. You guys, I was in the room with Jesus for an hour. And I didn't even know it. And what I want to do is ask ourselves, are, are we really looking at the people that are around us, beside us, that are work colleagues, classmates, roommates, all that, and seeing Jesus in them? And I'm telling you, if we start doing a little of this to see what I see in you, it'll change everything. What we tend to do is what we do is try to control people. We try to tell them you need to do less of this or you give them the hairy eyeball for doing that. And Jesus didn't come and die on a cross so you'd behave better. What he did is that we, he came so that we could see his spirit released in this community. And you don't need permission to do crazy, amazing things. Uh, another friend got a guitar when he was like young and he, he grew up in Texas and went through all the ranks uh, of playing, you know, small pubs and then a little bit bigger things. And then when he was about 23, he met this rising country western star and her name was Carrie Underwood. <laughs> and so Eddie Eason became Carrie's lead guitarist and they just go around the world melting people people's faces with their music. And they were pulling through San Diego. And Ed said, Bob, do you want to come to the concert? I'm like, yes. Uh, because it was sold out. I couldn't afford a ticket anyway. Uh, and, and so uh, I get to the will call and there's a, a ticket. It says in an envelope, it says, Bob. I felt like Willy Wonka. I'm like, yes. And so instinctively, I'm going up the stairs to the nosebleed section. I get to the top. There's a guy with a flashlight. He looks at the ticket, and he says, oh, buddy, you're in the wrong section. And I'm thinking, the next stop's the roof. <laughs> he said, no, no, no. This ticket will get you down onto the main floor. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I'm running down the stairs all excited, and I get to the main floor, and there's a guy with a flashlight. He looks at the ticket, and he says, ah, oh, you're in the wrong section. I was like, darn it. I knew it. I didn't want to climb those stupid stairs, but I could use the steps. And, and so I was getting ready to go, and he said, no, no, no. This ticket will get you into the mosh pit. I'm like, not sure what that is, right? <laughs> but Jesus, take the wheel, right? So... So we run down to the mosh pit like a 13-year-old, and everybody's ricocheting off each other. I got everybody by 20 years. And the, the two guys look at the ticket with their flashlights, and they talk to each other. They look again, and they said, do you know what you got here? I'm like, no. <laughs> they said, this is an all-access pass. You can go anywhere with this thing. I thought I'd go to Carrie's bus and make a sandwich. Too much? So... <laughs> What I want you to know, what God wants you to know, is you have an all-access pass. You get to find hungry people, thirsty people, sick people, strange people, people in jail, people that are naked. And it's hard to find out if somebody's hungry, but you always know if they're naked. Like, what I want you to do is instead of just thinking about it or putting it on a list, let's just go do the stuff head on a swivel. Uh, we lived down by the water in San Diego and uh, this couple was walking down. You could tell even from 300 feet away, they were bummed. And so I walked up because I'm kind of an engaging guy. I'm like, are you guys okay? Because you look bummed. And they, there turns out there are two emergency room doctors. This is in the height of COVID. And they said, we were supposed to get married today. And, but the church is shut down. The reception shut down. And 
so we can't get married. And I thought, well, what is it that I have? And I thought, well, I got a boat. Like, I can marry and bury people. I said, how would you like to call your family members, have them line up on the shore, and I'll marry you on the boat? And we did. <laughs> it's awesome. Like, take people, they had the coolest, cheapest wedding ever. <laughs> Get your head on a swivel. I find ways to engage people with this hope that's within you, and you'll see Jesus in the room. You don't need permission. You've got an all-access pass. And if we really believe that true, if we really saw ourselves the way that Jesus sees us, we'd, we'd, like we'd be there. But our problem is that we just don't see ourselves that way. It's like we're looking through our life like through a knothole. There's some guys, I love this story there. This guy's walking down the street and on the other side of this wall, there's these young men and they're saying, third. 13, 13, 13. And he's like, what's going on? And he tries to go look over the wall, but he can't. He climbs up in a tree, but he can't see over there. It gets out from the tree. They're like, 13, 13. There's a hole in the wall. And he looks through the hole. And he gets poked in the eye of the stick. He's like, ah! And behind the wall, 14, 14. <laughs> Some of you guys reached out. Your head was on a swivel. You saw a need. You jumped in. You didn't put a toe in the water. You did a cannonball, and it just all blew up, right? What I want you to do is not make a rule. Don't make these stupid rules that say, I'm never doing that again. Fail trying. Don't fail watching. That's the message across it. And you know what? People will see Jesus in the room if you do. In Jerusalem, there's a famous church, and there's a sign I took a picture of when I was there, and <laughs> this is what it says. No explanations inside the church. I think that was for the tour guides, but I'm like, that'll preach. <laughs> <laughs> Your faith isn't all the things that you believe are true. Your faith is the summary of what you're doing about what you believe is true. And so what I want to do is just take those steps. Zechariah 4.10, that God delights watching the, be the work begin. How many of you have kids? Come on, raise them high. Remember when your, your toddler took their first step? You didn't say, I've seen better. <laughs> of course not. You're like, that was awesome. And that's how God feels about you. He sees us shuffle our feet forward a little bit. Because that's my guy. That's my girl. They're doing it. And you guys, we only have about this much time to get it right. So let's get it right. Let's just see what's developing within you. It's starting to happen. Are you seeing that? That's what happened. Doesn't happen all at once. And if you went to the wedding, there's love is this, love is that, love is that. And it's followed by 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And it says we look through a mirror dimly. And so if you're having difficulty in relationships, like let's talk about that. It's hard sometimes to get real, because some of us have like more baggage than Delta Airlines. We just have all this stuff that's left over. And I would say the fix isn't just more information, but the fix is to just give it away to be trustworthy by seeing what people do. I have a friend who is the uh, voice of Disney. Is that a great gig or what? Like every TV or uh, movie coming out, like coming soon, it's his voice, right? Oh, Main Street, when it's time for the parade, he's like, time for the parade. And then I guess he goes home. Short work day. This is what his business card says. People believe what I tell them. Isn't that awesome? 
Oh, go to Kinko's and get leave now. Get cards that just say, people will believe what you say when they see what you do. Matthew 17, uh, this big Simon Peter moment. Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter will say, some say you're a teacher, and Jesus was an awesome teacher. And he said, some say you're a prophet, and he was certainly all of that. But he said, I say you're God. And Jesus' next words to him, don't tell anybody. And which just blows the mind of all my evangelical friends. I don't think he's trying to keep it a secret. He's saying, show them, don't tell them. And here's the crazy part. Jesus doesn't need your help. I asked him before he came up here. <laughs> what he wants is your heart. He wants it to beat in the right way. He wants us to understand why we're doing what we're doing. I have a son, Richard, who uh, sleepwalks. Do any of you sleepwalk? Actually, it'd be kind of hard to tell if you're asleep. Ask a friend. Well, Richard would go sleepwalking every morning during high school. At about one or two in the morning, he'd get up out of bed, walk downstairs in his boxers, and right out the front door. And so I'm kind of a light sleeper. I would hear him walk down the stairs. I'd get out of bed in my boxers and walk out there with him. It's at least a misdemeanor. And so <laughs> we're standing at the edge of the road, the two of us in our chones. And, and, and uh, I didn't want to wake him up because I read that book like he'll be 50 and still living with me. So I would just, he was talking to me like he was wide awake. But we have this narcolepsy going on. We've actually kind of fallen asleep to what God is doing within us. Like you don't, you're, you're talking to people like you're awake, but really you're just kind of zoned out. And I want to wake up. Uh, I don't get invited back to many churches twice <laughs> for all the reasons you're thinking. And, and but this church invited me back, and I thought, what can I bring with me? And you know what I decided to bring? A live chicken. <laughs> Did you know you can hypnotize a chicken? You can. You can. Get, leave now. Get one. This is what you do. You put the chicken on the table, and you start rubbing its neck right here about 20 times. And then the chicken's out cold. After you rub its neck about 20 times, I put my hands in my pockets and I gave a 30-minute sermon. Everybody in this room's thinking, when's the chicken gonna wake up? <laughs> I said, that's exactly how God feels about you. <laughs> what we need to do is wake up to what God's doing within us. And, and some of the fears that we have, some of the things that feel crippling, uh, I'm super, super insecure. Would that be your first guess? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, happy guy? You'd be like, no, he's the confident guy, tells jokes, fun, all that. Super, super insecure. This is little Bobby Goff, eight years old, covered in freckles. Uh, there was a super mean person in my life that used to call me Spot when I walked by. Every time, like, I'd walk by, she'd be like, Spot. Now, I'm not going to tell you my sister's name, but... <laughs> But Karen would do that every <laughs> single time. It just really hurt my feelings. Uh, I think what developed in me is this idea that I was afraid I would be rejected. I don't mean I was afraid at eight years old. I mean I'm afraid as I speak to you right now that you will reject me. There's these messages. Can you guys relate to that? 
old soundtracks, old loops that are in mind. You're Spot, you're the kid. But you know what? There's a person that came along that showed an interest in me. They got out a Sharpie. They told me, I think in the second grade, like, roll your sleeves back here. They got a Sharpie, and they started connecting the dots together. I was the only kid in third grade with ink on both arms. They made, like, dinosaurs and ponies, and I love my freckles. It was because somebody cared, but still it lingered in me, this thing I did. Like, I don't want anybody to reject me, so I'll just comply. Can some of you relate to that? I'll just comply. Whatever it is that doesn't make waves, I'm going to do that. Even though things inside of you are saying, like, no, this isn't working for me, but just the fear that you'll be rejected along the way is overpowering. Here's the problem with compliance. At some point, you stop complying. Little Bobby Goff went to college. He stopped complying. <laughs> Big time. It's like a happy Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Can I eat you? Hey. Jesus is not asking you to comply. He's asking you to be his. He wants you to see that he's in the room. He wants you to see the beauty in the people that are around you and that they may be dealing with really hard things too. And then to bring this this message of hope and acceptance to people. Everybody knows the Statue of Liberty. It's like, bring your weak, you're hurting. Like, just sneak in here. What do you, get over here. Uh, have you ever seen the Statue of Liberty's face up close? Check this out. <laughs> it's just an angry French woman. <laughs> I'm like, who are you? Actually, you guys, I think I figured it out. I'm like, right there. <laughs> I'm just saying. What God is developing in you, this thing that he started, let him finish. And we don't finish it by freaking everybody out around us. You don't finish it by telling people what to do because we don't want to be controlled. I I spoke at a place a little while ago and the guy was patient for a moment or two, but I was talking to somebody over there and the guy organizing it wanted me to be over there. And he walked over, he grabbed me by the shoulders and started like physically moving me. In my thought bubble, I'm like, what hospital do you want to go to? (laughs) I'm taking baby steps. But had he said, Bob, I think I know why you're here. And you could get about 10 times more of that done over there. I'd be, show me the way. So what I want to do is just point at things. I'm not telling people what to do. I'm telling them who they are. And every time you do, it's like you do one of these. What we need to do is understand what it is that's blocking our view. What's getting in the way? I'm not a big baseball guy, but I saw this guy at the stadium. <laughs> like, bad seat. Like, Figure out what's blocking your view of Jesus. What's preventing you from seeing him? And then do something about it. Matthew 25, hungry, thirsty, sick, strange, naked, and people in jail. I teach at Pepperdine Law School. Could you imagine me teaching at a top-tier law school? Like Everybody passes the bar. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. (laughs) But I also teach at San Quentin. Uh, Think about my students in San Quentin. Nobody graduates. Uh, so they've been in the same class with me for the last eight or nine years. And, and when I go, I just, I, I, they haven't learned a lick from me, but I learned so much from them. I got invited to pitch baseball practice. They've got kind of a rudimentary field in the court, courtyard. Courtyard's this is generous. Uh, the yard at uh, San Quentin. Uh, and they said, will you uh, uh, 
pitch batting practice, so I can throw a ball pretty good. And so I got out on the mound, and I threw this ball to this guy, and he's like used to be a pro like baseball guy. <laughs> I threw the ball, and, and he just crushed it. It was like a jailbreak. I mean, I think it's still going. Uh, and, and then uh, I, I, I threw the next ball, and he just knocked the cover off of that one. And then, you know what he did? He started crowding the plate. Oh, and that just ticked me off. And so I thought, I'm going to brush him back. And so I wound up, I threw the ball as hard as I could, hit him right in the head. Oh, people, pro tip here, don't hit a guy who's in for murder in the head with a ball if he's carrying a metal bat. So we had a decision to make, he and I. He had to decide if he was going to charge the mound, and I had to decide if I was going to run away like a nine-year-old girl, and I decided I was. But, <laughs> but what we did instead is we had a conversation. He just said, like, why did you hit me in the head? I said, well, why did you crowd the plate? <laughs> Find out what some of your angst is connecting to because it's blocking your view of Jesus. He is in this room. But if you're not here, I mean physically here, but if you've kind of left, then what I want to do is figure out what is it that's separating him from you right now. And what I want to do is get back to the saying, what is it that God is developing in you? And you can't be in a hurry about it. Man, you can make a, you can grow a radish in 20 days. You know it takes seven years to grow a pear from a seed? You know how long it takes to make an avocado? 14 years. And so for a guy who's always in a hurry, I just keep reminding myself, God's making guacamole. And what he's gonna do is he's gonna take, don't let this hit you, but what he's gonna do is he's just gonna launch you into the world to do beautiful things. And I'm not trying to control where it lands. What if we did that today? We just said, I'm gonna launch out. I'm not gonna agree with Jesus because I can't think of one time Jesus asked his disciples to agree with him. He said, like, guys, just agree. He said, no, let's go do this stuff. And so find some small or large thing to do. You don't have to go across an ocean. Go across the street. Make a neighbor a pie. If they don't want it, I do. But, but those things are releasing faith. And every time we do, it's like we're holding up a mirror to all of Missouri. And you're just saying, I see what God is doing within you. When we see that, here's the hard part. Flip it and start seeing what God is doing inside of you. If you can find a couple friends who will help you do that, man, that's a, a journey worth taking. You guys, thank you so much for letting me talk to you. Let's have, uh, rise up, grab a shoulder or a hand or whatever's not creepy. You'll know. <laughs> Come on, I'm going to stand right here. This is it's like I'm controlling a ship. <laughs> Hi. Uh, this is good. We're the family of God, you guys. This is it. From what I've been reading, we're going to spend forever together. Let's start acting like it. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, you've been eavesdropping on this morning. You've been eavesdropping on our whole life. Give us the guts and the grit to see that you are in the room. To come up with uh, this view of ourselves and see ourselves the way that you see us and to see the people of you surround us the same way. In your strong name, amen. Thank you, amen. guys. Let's thank Bob for coming. It's great to be encouraged to follow Jesus by him. 
You can tell his enthusiasm for Jesus is contagious and I hope it's spreading to you. On your seat back in front of you, there's a QR code. Last night, we got a chance to spend about an hour talking with Bob. We got a little short video of that. We'd love to send it to you. You can either scan the QR code on the screen or on the seat back in front of you, but stay connected and get more of the great stories that we heard today. Today, for our blessing, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace that comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ, his son, our Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Have a great Sunday.